0: Neely, I have two problems. What are those? I really love the show on Professional Development, and I have a big blank spot on my chest where my shirt is.
1: First of all, the first one doesn't sound like a problem. I mean, it's so much love,
0: I can't contain it.
1: And you also have, what, a blank spot on your chest?
0: Yeah, where where my shirt is.
1: You never grew chest hair? Obviously not. (laughs) Oh, I know what you should do. You should go to this link in the show notes and get an Unprofessional Development t-shirt. Yes!
0: That sounds like exactly what I needed for this premise. So, boys and girls, we have t-shirts. We have magnets. We We have have buttons.
1: Show your unprofessional love. That way you'll get to know who your fellow unprofessionals are when you're walking down the hallway and go, Oh! You listen to that, too?
0: Be an unprofessional representative. Welcome, everybody, to a very lonely episode. Oh, no. Of Unprofessional Development. I'm Tedisco.
1: And I'm Mealy. And it's just us. Okay. You knew that when you clicked on the. Oh, okay. So, um, this idea I had and, and Tedisco, um, is in agreement with me, but, um, so if you go back in our catalog, as the kids call it, (laughs) um, you know, Episode one is getting to know us, which seemed like a good idea, and kind of we just kind of interviewed each other and had a good time, kind of like figuring out who we are because we kind of barely knew each other back then. So That's two like years, nineteen, yeah, so two years plus the podcast we feel has changed us as well as just we're not horrible teachers, we're 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 medium teachers, and and if you're a medium teacher, then um two and a half years, three years down the line. You should be slightly, if not somewhat, different um, than than you were.
0: Here's what I'll say: is one one thing that's definitely impacted me over the last two years. When I started this, my focus as a teacher was on relationships. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I always kind of thought that was a weakness. I, I wasn't ever certain, like how how much of you know relationships I should be focusing on, or. How much of it I should be, you know, attempting to look professional or how much my focus should just be cold, hard curriculum. Right. And just every conversation over and over, relationships, relationships, relationships. It's really helped me double down on that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's made me a better teacher.
1: You've got that confirmation now that it's not like just you or just you and a couple people that you know at school.
0: Yeah. Yeah and by being able to sort of understand that that's that is who I am and that is my style of teaching mm-hmm. and building on that has helped me incorporate all the other stuff into those relationships that's definitely made me a better teacher
1: it's not bad to try and shore up your weaknesses but i think if you identify your strengths and make them stronger that you get a lot more bang for the buck and as as opposed to going hey you know what i'm really good at relationships or i'm really good mm-hmm. at designing assessments so i'm going to like m- you know make some even better assessments than i did before because I, that's that's where my strength is
0: i had a an administrator once who was a teacher was a good teacher he was a math teacher mm-hmm and he said that he always had a problem with classroom management. It just right. wasn't his thing. You know, the, the, the buy the book and lock them down and, and all that sort of stuff it just was not his style. Yeah. But he was really good at building lessons. Mm-hmm. So he just made sure to build lessons that were long and engaging enough that he didn't have to worry so much about the classroom management piece. Right. It. I mean, it's still there, but right. if you have kids constantly moving, constantly doing stuff, constantly working, then one thing can take care of the other.
1: Yeah. I remember my cooperating teacher, whatever you call the person that you're te- the teacher when you're the student teacher, commenting on it and saying, wow, you really like, you know, connect with the kids really well. And I see that you're that you're just able to just connect with all different types of kids and all that stuff. And I was like, OK, oh, oh good, because I, you know, I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. In addition to hearing it from other teachers from like different countries and, and, and states and all that kind of stuff seeing what a difference it made with COVID really made a difference in my understanding of how important that is. So yeah, so that that's like a, like an overall mm-hmm. thing. Speaking of lessons, what kind of lesson designer lesson implementer deliverer do you f- consider yourself? And and how is that similar or different to um like three years ago?
0: We had, oh God, I feel so bad. I forgot who it was. Okay. We, we have over a hundred episodes.
1: Yes, we do. I, I know.
0: I, I don't remember their name. We had somebody on who talked about the four big questions. Oh. And I constantly use that in my classroom.
1: Okay, well, what build- are the four big questions?
0: Four big questions are, uh what are we doing? Uh-huh. Why are we doing it? Yeah. How do we do it? Mm-hmm. And how do I know I'm doing it right?
1: Uh, now that's familiar, and I can't think of who said that either.
0: I've built that into... A lot of my lessons and throughout COVID, I'll just, I'll put on a big blue box that just says big four questions, Mm -hmm. uh, on, on the handouts. Cause it was all, you know, Google docs and all that. And, and we hit those four questions and we just review them. And, you know, the more research you do into education, I mean, I know there's that whole push. Oh, make sure your objective is put on your board.
1: Right. Who cares?
0: But like the kids need to know why they're doing what they're doing and where it's, they're, it's going to go.
1: Yes. Someone had a phrase similarly also was like, what do you want them to learn? How do you want them to learn it? And how do you know if they learned it? And I don't know what they So they only had three. I should do that more. I I, I think <laughs> I do it, but I don't do it explicitly like like Well, like well with doing.
0: math, I feel like it's also – I don't want to say easier, but I'm going to say easier. With math, I feel like it's easier to do checks for understanding.
1: It's a little more straightforward, yes. Right, it's like, like, it's like
0: get, if a kid knows how to break down a quadratic formula – that's different for me asking, like, do you understand how a metaphor works in a poem?
1: Yeah. You know, if you just want to assess, have they mastered the algorithm it, it, with with math? It's it's definitely easy. I, I'm still trying to. And, and that's something that I'm struggling with, but trying to get better at is how can I discuss concepts more versus algorithm in math? And I would say I try to make it more and more student-centered. Now, I was doing discovery-based stuff prior to us starting the podcast. I'm thinking about the kid and what's it going to look like from their side and how can I make it so that this lesson is going to be interesting or engaging to them. And I also have definitely... Try to find a big balance between looking from a week and a month long standpoint. Okay. So some stuff, some days are going to be boring, but how can I make sure that at least once or twice a week we do something that's more hands-on, that's more engaging. So I think that my lesson design has gotten a little more kid centered and kid and kid focused. Yeah.
0: I wish I could do that more. I don't know. I feel like there's just never enough time. Yeah. And, and the, the constant, grading i mean they changed the grading policy in our state so we have to you now grade like twice as many things as we had yeah. last year and a lot of the stuff my students you know turn in is them writing paragraphs writing responses and i have to sit there and read through a hundred of them to give a grade so i uh, the time i spend planning has definitely been stifled and i i've always kind of struggled with that piece of doing things that are more physical
1: hands-on yeah I did a Socratic seminar in math, which is like, what? You know what I mean? Like, like people always saying, well, you can do a Socratic seminar in math. I'm like, can you, you know, can I go to a PD and they would say that?
0: Well, it all comes down to your question. So what was, what was the question? What so, were they tackling? In the so, so the Socratic question
1: seminar? was, how would you gather and analyze data to figure out what music should be played at prom?
0: That's cool.
1: So it's.
0: So that's a topic they're interested in. Right, And there's a lot of, that really opens, there's a lot of options, but they have to apply their knowledge.
1: Right. And it's math. It's it's data analysis and, you know, dealing with bias and gathering and what's the best way. We could go from broad to specific and back to broad and it was different and it was interesting and it was fun. I covered like three or four standards and it was just something that was, that was unique. And it was, and so another lesson that I've designed that we're going to um do again that I've actually, I botched the lesson the first time. It became a bunch of arithmetic. And so now I've changed the lesson so that I've built the arithmetic into a spreadsheet that they can use. But the lesson is, so we're in North Carolina. So North Carolina has grown in population. All of you know this, but we've gained a seat in the House of Representatives. So what that means is that they need to redraw the districts. North Carolina has a hundred counties and we have, and I think we're going to have like 16 Representatives. So I just said, here's the population of North Carolina. You need to have like X amount of people in each district and you need to assign the counties to be in each district. And here's the population of all the counties. As well as I gave them a breakdown of in the last election, how they voted Republican or Democrat. So we could also have these discussions and North Carolina is a very purple state. Do we want to have? 16 purple districts or do we want to have 8 red districts and 8 blue districts right or you Let's know just
0: gerrymander it and make one Twelve and one
1: four and and that's what I want them to see that we can that they can kind of play with this and um the spreadsheet and they can kind of move counties and uh, in and out of different districts and um see that you know like and so I put in a spreadsheet and I made it shaded it so that like once you hit a certain number then the district turn turns a different color when it's got enough people and it gets red if it's too many and all that kind of stuff so but it's just something to make it a little more where the kids are doing something they're having discussions they are um figuring things out rather than just hey um how do you do this here's step one here's step two here's step three here's the things you need to make sure you don't do and here's the things that you have to do so i
0: really miss being able to do that we have all of the lessons pre-built by the district mm-hmm. we like step by step like we have slides per day yeah i miss being able to build lessons like that
1: yeah. Well, I, I when you read my yet to be published book, just shut the door and teach. You need at least one day just like throw the slides in the trash and just like, hey, kids today. Have you done that yet at all? Like, hey, kids, we're just going to do this today. Uh, I'm not going to really worry about uh, that. We, slides. we
0: customize them and, and move them around as we need and there's some where, like, in a day, they'll give, like, it's half a lesson, and we know, like, this will take them 10 minutes. And then there's some days where, like, oh, so they want us to read these two articles in the first half of this giant short story, and we can't do that in a day. So, like, there's some finagling, and and sometimes we'll replace it. And and I will say I do have a supportive administration in that. I miss being able to pick out a book that I want to teach. Mm-hmm. I miss being able to pick out, like, short stories and poems I want to teach. I, I've been able to slip in a couple. Yeah. But I also have to teach, to the test that the district makes. So, like, we just did a test on the third part of the short story, the short story is just long, and it's boring, and it's Uh, terrible. uh,
1: It doesn't sound like it's a short story. It sounds like it's a long story.
0: Seriously. (laughs) And the kids hate it, but...
1: What's the name of the story?
0: The Boy and the Bayonet. Oh. It's... We're doing... Is there blood? Stuff from the Harlem Renaissance. No, it's about a kid who's in, like, the Cadet Corps. Oh. And, like, they're doing, like, a marching drill, and he drops his bayonet, and then he feels sad. And then, like, (laughs) the the army sergeant who is watching says, hey, good job, because you kept marching, and then everybody claps. That's, like, ten pages long.
1: Where's the part where he puts the bayonet in other kids' throats?
0: I had to start by explaining what a bayonet was, and then immediately follow follow it with, and nobody gets stabbed by the bayonet. Let me just pop that balloon right now. Because if a, you're waiting a, for that, you're going to be very disappointed.
1: A good teacher would have brought a bayonet to school and passed it around amongst the children.
0: <laughs> That's true. I, I, everyone, gets their own, three.
1: everyone gets their own bayonet. Like I said, I'm, I'm sitting here in my luxury of no final exam. So if I just go, you know what, I'm just not going to teach that. I won't, I won't test it and I'll go, Hey, here's this thing that the state said I had to show you. So we're going to take like five minutes. I'm going to show you an example and then we're going to forget about that.
0: Here's honestly the debate I have with myself though.
1: Uh
0: So we have this, these cookie cutter lessons that we have to do. Yeah. uh, Assigned by the state. Mm -hmm. And I can absolutely go rogue. Yeah. And teach whatever. Mm -hmm. And that could, in fact, boost my students' grades. Yeah. But then the district, if they're looking at the data. Yeah. And say oh. we gave these cookie cutter lessons and everybody's grades went up, right? We know how much of it is just teachers not following those lessons. Wow. And so I'm wondering, like, which one's worse?
1: Like, Ooh. that's where I'm stuck
0: with all the time. And that's why I'm such a Wow. That follower.
1: is the the, the, the the trolley problem. you I know. know. What I mean. And it's that's like, right. Why like, don't I just, to... I'm just going to sacrifice the education of these kids here to prove how horrible this policy is.
0: I mean, oh yeah,
1: man, kinda. that is, I am going to talk like a robot every day and just read this word from word so that you can see that this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Rather than like take this garbage you've given me and make something out of it and then you be convinced that you should keep. Buying that garbage and shoving it down our throats. I had not thought of that aspect I, at all. I
0: think about it a lot.
1: Oh, that's painful. I need to get, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Cheaty in here from um, <laughs> I got The a Good Place. Ache. No, that is. I will be regularly asking people that question for the next week. We're going to dovetail into that. So, how has the podcast changed? your interaction with your colleagues and how are you different now as a colleague than you were back um, prior to the, to the podcast? I
0: have to think about it. Honestly, Uh, I, I, I find myself more often being able to give advice, Uh which is weird and give different perspectives too. like, uh, I really like our conversations with people who, who have taught so many different things in so many different places. And, Mm -hmm. and it's opened up my eyes to just, Hey, we don't have to teach it this way. Right. Like, it's not, we don't have to teach standards-based. Like, there's other ways to educate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be one way or the other. And so, uh, I think it's helped me build up other teachers who are uncertain about, like, certain lessons. Like, I was talking about earlier with, you know, uh, my views on relationships. There are mm-hmm. plenty of teachers like, oh, man, I want to teach this, but I don't know. And in my mind, I'm like, do it. Just do it. Like, whatever it is, if you're passionate about it, do it. Yeah. The kids will feel the passion, they'll enjoy it. Even if they don't learn a lot, they'll be happy to be there that day, and that's worth it.
1: Yeah. My confidence in my pedagogical know how has definitely gone up because of both experience and having conversations, but also in that aspect of like And just
0: your natural level of confidence, let's yes,
1: be honest. I, yes, and I'm and I'm just just cocky. So um <laughs> but, but I but I but I have like a, a a dose of humility, you know what I mean? So I, I always manage to go like, well, Blah 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 blah. I mean, that's just <laughs> what I think. You know, it could be wrong, or maybe I'm wrong. I mean, wrong. I'm, I'm, I, mean I'm, I'm, I know I'm not, but like, but I could be wrong. I want to <laughs> just throw that caveat in there. That maybe, maybe, maybe you know, it's it, I'm not, but no. But I'm going to say that, like, I ask more questions. Like, there's m- many times where I find myself going into podcast interview mode, and I think that I try to find that balance of, um, curiosity. What did you want them to learn? Are, they, are you know, is this a way to get them, a good way to get them to learn it? How do you know if they are going to learn it if, if, um, if you do that? And, you know, what's going on? Like, I think I had that conversation with someone talking about, um, the test and how it wasn't fair, blah, 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 that the kids were just Googling stuff. And I'm like, well. Do you think that um, it's a good test if the kids can Google the answers? You know? That is
0: another thing that's changed for me. I'm anytime I give a test now, I leave it wide open. Yeah. The kids will come up to me in the middle of the test. Be like, I don't know what this word means. I'm like, cool. Look it up. Yeah. Like, why not define it for yourself? But we're going to be able to define words whenever we want. It doesn't mean we understand everything. We still have to right. apply the correct definitions. And that's a new skill. Yes. So why not have them practice that skill if that's worth more than getting question five right on this one test?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The other things with, in, in terms of colleagues is I just am a little more willing to make enemies. Now we were talking to if, the episode with, um, Dowdy. Yeah. Andre Dowdy. Doughty. Doughty. He, he's not afraid to make enemies. You know what I mean? No. I know. And, and, I'm and like, that's I, a
0: decision to make. Like, right. I'm, I know teachers like that.
1: Yeah. If I know that I just staunchly agree with them and that, that they've got some practice that I think is genuinely harmful to children, let's just go to battle. And I'm going to tell you that that's, that that's not the right way to do it. If you want to be mad at me, be mad at me. But I believe what I believe and I believe it strongly enough to go that that's, that that's just wrong. Whether or not you should give zeros or fifties or something like that when it comes, if you're on the, if you're on a, um, hundred point, basically, whether it's the seven or 10 point grading scale. And I am staunchly in the 50 category because I do believe when you do the math, the zero is just so harmful to a student's grade. And at the end of the day, and we're getting to a whole ungrading thing, but at the end of the day, that makes them, it not reflect their mastery. And and then the teachers don't want to go, well, you want to give them 50 for doing nothing? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, but they didn't do anything. That's 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 fifty percent. I'm like, no, it's not how that works.
0: I would say I would agree with with those teachers, right? The anti-fifty teachers. If you can agree that every grade you give is one hundred percent knowledge based and zero percent effort based, if you're specifically just able to pluck knowledge out of their brain and they only absorbed half of it. Yes, they get a 50, but how much of that is really based on the fact that they didn't get enough sleep last night or they're missing a lot of school or, you know, they just didn't put in the effort, which is a total different category.
1: Yeah. Well, my my biggest argument for it is if I get an A in one class and an F in another class, then my GPA is 2.0. But if I get a hundred on one assignment and a zero on another assignment, that now my grade in that class is a fifty, which is failing. If we're going to give grades and we're going to like everyone's like judged by their GPA, well then let's just make every assignment a four point scale, and that that way I don't have your problem. I do have a problem you giving a zero if we're on a four point scale. But the, but the the root of that is that I'm willing to go to bat for things that I believe in and and, and argue with argue with colleagues. Whereas before I I guess I felt a little more like less of an expert. And I think that's something that's my years in the classroom as much as it is the, the podcast, but yeah, go ahead. Here's
0: here's my approach to that. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's not because of cowardice. I don't confront teachers. I disagree with, but what I do is I will listen to students and I will tell them, you know, strategies and coping mechanisms to deal with those teachers. So long as yeah. like, it, it's not egregious, like, if, right. uh, you know, the, the kids complain about teachers who just aren't using best practices and over penalizing them for whatever or picking their favorites like yes that happens but that happens in any workplace too
1: yeah i have to be careful that i'm not that i'm not tilting at windmills or just talking to a brick wall it's not it's not going to get anywhere so i do not have to pick my battles and 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 say that but I, but I do sometimes want to stand up for something like that do you want to discuss assessment and um grading and how you've changed or um what's different about your assessment and and grading styles or or policies, you kind of touched on it earlier with the, um, letting kids Google things. Is there anything else that's kind of like different? That's, um, and do you attribute to the podcast? Do you attribute to the pandemic? What do you attribute to?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to attribute it all to the podcast. I'm going to be honest. Okay. Cause this is just a reason to think about stuff. And that's okay. all you really need. I care so little about grades. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I care if they're learning and learning and grades just aren't the same thing as much as we try to pretend that they are. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like when people keep saying, Oh, I'm, I'm so unhealthy. I'm fat. Like, hold on. Those are two very, very different statements. Like your weight and your health are not as correlated as people like to believe. Like, right. Yeah. Uh,
1: there are, there are things that are thin people who are very unhealthy and then, and, and there are overweight people who, are, are going to outlive me right they're, they're they're in super good shape now there is some correlation if you are going to be eating healthy and exercising for the most part you'll generally weigh less than someone who is doing who is not exercising and not eating healthy yeah we but, can get some
0: shades, just like in, in grades you yeah, we can get yeah, the kids who have all straight a's in all their classes yeah they're right. probably learning
1: right exactly
0: and even the ones who do get straight a's i still worry about them and i still care about them and i still want them to learn yeah like why are you getting straight a- are you getting straight A's because you're bored yeah and this is too easy are you getting straight A's because you're stressing yourself out and you only define yourself by your success and is yeah. that going to lead to a mental crisis somewhere <laughs> down the line but I'm serious like yeah. it, uh, um, I think about this stuff I, I, I care about it a lot more I think it's just helped me refocus because it used to be I would always be worried about what am I going to teach and now from all of our conversations, I'm, I'm more worried about what are they getting?
1: Yeah. So funny because I, if I could go have this conversation with um, first year Mealy, and I thought I was doing the right thing. And when I would tell people this, they would say, oh, yeah, good job. So I had this kid in my class. He had a 89. Mm-hmm. And so um, and it was the end of the semester. And a parent emailed me and I, 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 I knew the parent because she was active in the PTSA and she was a sweet lady and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, well, is there anything you, he can do to um, bring this grade up?
0: At that one point.
1: Right. I told her no, the grade was final and it was too late and there's nothing that I could do about it. And the, my reasoning behind that was that I didn't want to be the teacher that if your kid has an 89 or an 88 you email them and then that teacher just caves and gives you an a and i thought right. that would be weak and i thought that would open me up to like more parents doing that which right truthfully the the amount of parents that would, would have found out and then would have emailed me would be so infinitesimally small that like the, right but when I tell the teacher, like, like, oh, good job, way to stand your ground, da da da. And honestly, the kid wasn't like great at math. He wasn't like super great. The other part was that I honestly don't think that he was like an A student. And the fact that he had an 89 was a little bit. And I remember like the first year when I was like, Finalizing those grades, and I poured over every single kid and go, oh my goodness, okay, does this kid is that is that right? That I put everything in right? Make sure that that this one has a seventy six if that's what they're supposed to have, and this one has a, as if like I know, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> as if yeah. the number means anything? Right. We have a good idea. I mean,
1: yeah. right? Yeah, we're doing our best, and. And honestly, that kid's in a different class with a different teacher and all kind. Of, there's so many variables. They're like, they, they, we want grades to be some kind of like measuring stick. Like it's measuring their temperature. Like the temperature, yes, all thermometers, like are calibrated so that, you know, like 98.6 is actual the true temperature when I stick it in your mouth or my mouth of that, of that thermometer. But, but, but a, a 93 in your class and a 93 in this guy's class and a 93 in some guy in Oklahoma or Tennessee or Alabama's class, it, it, it's not the same. It, it, it yeah. isn't. And there's no way to make it the same. You can yeah. do it. You can try and make it the same, but it's, it, it's not going to be the same. So now, so I've started ungrading this semester and I'm trying to figure out how to do it within the system that we're in. And the, the biggest change I've had is, so we have three types of grades And they count, they're weighted differently. And so the one that counts 50% is the one where I'm doing the ungrading because that's what's going to move the meter the most. And that's generally what, what, whether it's going to be projects or tests. What I've done though with the tests is they take the test and it is open notes. They can use Google. They can use Delta Math where there's worked examples. I have worked examples on the board all over the place. I have make videos. They can use YouTube, whatever it is they can do to figure out how to do the problem. Um, they can do it and then I get it and, um, I give them feedback. I go, no, this was, this was wrong. You forgot to do this. You you did this when you should have done that. This actually means this. And, and I give them some kind of feedback. I don't put any minus three, minus five, anything like that. And then I give it back to the kids and then they have an opportunity to do test corrections. So they can get help from me. They can get help from a friend. They can go back to, you know, do all that. Maybe they've just learned it. I try to integrate into my lessons over the next week, re looping of those things so that I'm covering as much of what was on the test as I, as I can, um, in the middle of, in the middle of other lessons. And then I have, um, after they've done their test corrections, I have a sit down conference with them and this takes up a whole lot of time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Front loaded any kind of learning and backloaded any kind of practice um, into my lessons so that we might have like a day or two of just practice and catching up on old assignments while I'm going to meet with every kid in that class. And then basically it goes down to here. I go, well, what if you're grading George, what, what would you give George for this test? And sometimes it's really simple. And they're just like, oh, I'd give them like, you know, the one. if they get it all right, they're like, oh, I just give myself 100. And sometimes like when we had Joanna Brown on, and she said this and I was I believed her but didn't believe her right is that kids will undersell themselves and this has been my experience now so really? like I yes I know you think like everyone just give themselves an a right
0: but no just just the kids who really get on my nerves
1: yeah but when you think about it though and, and now now I've I've realized and, it more. and
0: especially when you take the grade off the table when they know like this isn't what's going to hit the grade book and you can just have an honest conversation with them like that. Yeah, I, I, I could see it working out. Yeah. yeah,
1: but if but if well, if you're grading yourself as a teacher to disco, what would you give yourself? No, <laughs> right. Don't probably, ask. Probably lower than your colleagues and admin would give you. Yes,
0: probably. Yes,
1: the chances you would give yourself higher than them is, is probably slim. Uh, yeah, and that's the way most people are. Right, most teachers see themselves as a work in progress most people see themselves as a work in progress so the kids would like you know and some of them it's also tied into the grading policy that that they've been a part of for so long because we max out at your um the highest you can get on a retest is like it was a 79 and now it's an 80 or whatever which was such such arbitrary nonsense to like actually have a policy change on that but anyway um so they're like well an 80 i I'm like well why an 80 like all these answers are right right now well, because like, it's like I had to correct them to get them right. So then I have to ask a different question. The question I ask then is, if you were to take this test again right now, I get take a, a blank one out and I give it to you, what do you think you would get? And then they tend to give themselves a little bit higher. And I'm like, okay, let's put that in the um, – then, like, then they say, okay, I'd give myself a 90 because I'd probably forget something or I'd make a mistake. I'm like, okay, we'll put a 90 in, in, in the grade book. You know, and then there were some kids, would say, oh, you know, and there were those kids or a few kids that like, oh, I'll just give myself a hundred. And I honestly know that they probably wouldn't have gotten a hundred, but I'm willing to, because it doesn't matter. I'm willing to throw that hundred in there because for the good of the overall policy, yeah.
0: the greater good.
1: Yes. And because I also know that they're seniors and their GPA is not moving uh, very much.
0: Yeah. I mean second semester they've already been accepted
1: to a right. college like And if and the difference between even an A and an F in your in your GPA after you are um just 3 years in it yeah. it doesn't do anything. And the difference yeah. between an A and a B or an A and a C really barely moves that needle. Yeah, it, we're, 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 we're in hundreds of of points. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh. All righty. So we've covered our lessons—we've covered admin, we've covered colleagues, and we've covered assessment and grading. Is there anything else that we um, that's changed um, that the podcast has has made a difference that you want to kind of like throw in there? I don't know. Okay. What do you think? I, I I can't think of anything right now. I was trying to come up with anything else. A lot else of that... good
0: funny stories.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Constantly, I'm constantly stealing the funny short like, Let me tell you what I heard another teacher
1: did. Yes. 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 Um, that's all I'll say is that, um, that I definitely believe in the model that we, um, are following that you learn more by conversations with colleagues than you do in a formal, um, PD. Like that, like that's. And I
0: think we're applying that same kind of knowledge to our students. Like we're having those conversations with our students instead of making them formal.
1: Yes. Lesson style. Here. Right, right. Oh, by the way, here's something that this guy, his name's Howie Hewitt. He's on He's on the Twitter. I love him to death. Um, and You should follow him, especially if you're a math person. He gives the kids the test and they're not allowed to write anything on it. And he said, now you've got I think like either five or 10 minutes, you can't take any notes, but you can talk to as many people in this room about the test as you want to before we start the test. And he like sets like a 10 minute timer and the conversations that take place are, are fantastic. And there's like real learning that, um, that takes place. You know, that's going on. And that, that, that is the one thing that's weird to me that like, as much as I would love to like do away with like formal assessments, I do know that when that, because of the training that the kids have, when it is that formal thing, that the, that the effort that they put in to actually learn in the material is, um, significantly different than when it's just something that they know isn't, um, that, that doesn't count as much.
0: There's an idea I've been floating. Um, and so uh, the rules are. Mm-hmm. that we have to give like with, with this curriculum that we have to give our students the the assessments that the district's given us yeah and the rules also say we have to give retests but yeah. the district doesn't give us any retests <laughs> We just have to make those up ourselves oh so what I've what I've floated and, and I'm I haven't gotten a chance to try it yet and I don't know how well it would work but I would like to try it at some point is I want to give the district assessment as the pretest like before we start the lessons at all, Like here's the test. Okay. Take it. We'll collect whatever data it is. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. It won't be for a grade. And now let's do the lessons. Right. And you guys can reflect on. Oh, okay. This is what that question was asking. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, come up with I don't know something else, or even give them the same test all over again. Because why not? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can you can you give? is Is it? Will the software allow you to give the district test twice to the same kid?
0: I can, I can uh, like reset the test so that way they could take it again.
1: Oh, cool. Cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Maybe I'll okay. do
0: that next time. We're starting okay. a new, new unit. I'll yeah. try it.
1: Sounds good to me. Are you, are you on the Mastery Connect? Is that what you're doing or no? Oh, yeah.
0: It's all Mastery Connect. Do
1: you hate that, Which, by the way? Or do you like uh, it?
0: So the software itself is fine. What I hate is students can't like really have to dig to mm-hmm. see any of the responses. So they don't know what grade they got. They don't know what questions they missed. And so what use is it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, All my tests I give now on on paper because it helps me to grade better and it also helps the kids to see it better. So um, weird, though, the last thing I'll say about that is I'll be grading or ungrading the second unit here this weekend. And my um, muscle memory, whatever you want to call it, to, after I get done, to want to count and throw a number on the on the front page by their name. It's like literally I did like 80, 90 of them. My brain is like, "Okay, what do we put up we put, oh no, we're not going to put anything there." You know what I mean? Wow. I know. It's weird cuz I've I've just been, you know, I've trained myself for so long to do that. So, it'll take a while to to get over it. So, we'll see how it goes this time. Forget
0: about that phantom limb.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, do we have any um Relatively recent funny stories that you wanna that you want to share to disco since we, we try to end with funny stories. I'm trying to think if I've if I've got one that I shared the other one on the um, on the last episode, so I don't know if I've got one that I can pull out.
0: I'm sure I got so I have um, My first block is awesome. They're also in my homeroom. And they're mm-hmm. just the coolest little hippie commune Nice. I bring in my guitars and ukulele for the boys who like to play instruments and yeah. then i have a bunch of girls who like to just decorate the bulletin board like in the hallway like the hallway oh. bulletin board for the grade they just yeah they like to decorate it and i have some kids who just like to draw on the whiteboards and it's gorgeous artistry and wonderful oh, nice cartoons. so it's
1: not just among us um no
0: uh <laughs> and then i have a bunch of kids who just sit around reading they're just really really awesome uh so there's a boy in that class who's been um starting to give me some gifts Who's very, very sweet, and he went to a garage sale and he brought me something. He's like, You know, I got this for you. And I always tell him, like, You know, you don't have to buy me anything. Right. And he was like, Yeah, I know, but I saw it and and I really thought you needed it. And open up and it's it was at a garage sale, so it's half used. Um yes. it's a it's a candle. Um it's half burned down. It's a prayer candle. Oh. Uh with Jeff Goldblum's face on oh the Oh my front.
1: goodness. Oh wow. So uh, <laughs> a... hey <a>, like <laughs> thanks <laughs> yes yes with that's a good and, one yes with oh Yeah. Like imagery. yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's 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 wild jeff goldblum is i've been watching his show on um disney plus it's it's okay it's not it's not great but um, i'm
0: listening to his music yeah he's a band leader
1: yeah he's he's got, he plays like leader. jazz or whatever right yeah. yeah yeah hey how's it going good i go um How's it going? Oops, my battery's running low. Though. I thought I didn't have my thing plugged in. Oh, hold on to this go. Where is the cord?
0: Technical difficulties.
1: Mm. Okay. All right. There we go. All right. So, thank you and stay unprofessional. <laughs> uh. Thank you, and stay unprofessional. Stay unprofessional. Stay Stay unprofessional.